thank you for downloading the podcast edition of the Community Baptist Church Service of Henderson, Kentucky. For today, August the 3rd of 2008, our pastor, Dr. Tim Hobbs, preaches on the message topic, Inheriting a Valuable Kingdom. His scripture reference comes from Matthew, the 13th chapter, verses 44 through 52. Our church pianist, Jika Crafton, plays an arrangement of holy ground. We now unite with the service in progress. Precious Lord to me, what a wonderful message, and and Jika, I'll tell you what, isn't it great to have talented people in our church, uh, 
Some of you, if you don't know, Jika is doing a concert here at the church. Uh, when is that? Se- September 28th? September 28th. And she's taking requests. Consider that one of them, that holy ground. <laughs> Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, beginning with verse 44 and reading through 52. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets and threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he left that place. May God bless the reading and the hearing of God's word. Most of us who know the name Robert Fulgham associate his name with the little book called All I Really Know, All I Really Need to Know, I Learned in Kindergarten. But he's written several other books as well, and one of them had the simple title of Uh Oh, Uh Oh. Like his better known uh, work, it too was filled with witty essays. And in this book, Robert Fulgham tells about being asked by a journalist if he believed in God. And Fulgham replied, no, but I do believe in Howard. Howard? You believe in Howard, asked the reporter. And Fulgham said, it all has to do with my mother's maiden name. Your mother's maiden name, the reporter said in great confusion. And so Fulgham explained to the reporter that his mother's maiden name was Howard and that the Howard name often came up in family conversations. So when, as a small child, he learned to pray in Sunday school, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, of course he thought they were saying, our father which art in heaven, Howard be thy name. And he knew that his mother was a Howard, and so indirectly, he also was a Howard. And if God was a Howard too, then he must belong to God's family. And since he was also told that his grandfather had died and gone to heaven, Fulgham says that God and his grandfather got all mixed up in his childish mind as One in the same. And this gave him what he calls a pretty comfy notion about God. 
He says, when I knelt down beside my bed each night and prayed, Our Father which art in heaven, Howard be thy name, I thought about my grandfather and what a big shot he was. Because, of course, the prayer ends with, For yours is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So I went to bed feeling well connected to the universe for a long, long time. In fact, it was a Howard family enterprise. You know, that's a pretty healthy view of the universe for a child to have, that he or she is well connected to the universal family enterprise. Jesus also talked about our connection with God's family enterprise. He told many parables about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And he uses many expressions to try to explain what the kingdom is like. But two of his most popular descriptions are found in today's lesson from the Gospel of Matthew. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and he sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had and he bought it. Now, obviously, whatever this kingdom is that Jesus was talking about, it is a kingdom of great value. In both instances, the treasure hidden in the field and the pearl of great price The finder sells everything that he has in order to obtain it. So let me ask you something. Can you think of anything in this world for which you would sell everything you own in order to obtain it? Let me let that sink in for just a moment. Can you think of anything in this world for which you would sell everything you own in order to obtain it. It has been reported that in his race for the Republican nomination for president of the United States, Mitt Romney spent more than $42 million of his own money. Now, that's a lot of money, isn't it? However, when he dropped out of the race, he still had quite a lot of money left over in his personal piggy bank. He invested a lot of money into that. He didn't invest everything for his nomination. And I wonder if he regrets spending so much money. Or perhaps he regrets not spending more. How about you? Is there anything in this world for which you would sell everything you own? I can only think of one thing, and that is the life of someone that we love. If one of our children was sick and there was a cure that would cost us everything that we have, even including our own life, most of us would be willing to give it all, wouldn't we? But that's about it. Nothing else that I can think of has that big of a hold on our lives that we would sell everything that we own in order to obtain it. And yet Jesus tells us that the kingdom of heaven is worth everything that we have. 
our money, our time, our energy, our effort, everything that we have. And that's quite a statement, isn't it? Everything we own. So what is this kingdom of heaven that Jesus is talking about? Well, quite simply, the kingdom of heaven is anywhere that God reigns. Another translation for the Greek word basileia, which is kingdom, another translation is the rule or the reign of God. Now, now for some people, these stories mean that getting into heaven when we die is worth everything that we possess. And, and certainly that is true. I mean, after all, when we go to heaven, we leave everything else behind, don't we? That's, that's part of what Nora was talking about a few moments ago with the inheritance. We leave what we own behind and we give it to other people there. And when we go to heaven, we leave everything else behind. So we might as well give everything that we have in order to get there. However, if that were the case, wouldn't that imply that entrance into heaven is something that we can purchase? If not with dollars, then at least with good works. And if that's the case, then then what about the cross? My friends, central to our faith is the belief that in terms of our salvation, Jesus Christ paid it all. And you and I can't buy our way into heaven, no matter how much we are willing to give. Because, you see, eternal life is the gift of a gracious God. Sure, it would be worth everything we have, but Christ, doesn't, Christ has taken care of the cost already. And besides, if we had to buy our own way into heaven with either our wealth or our good works, then I suspect that we would discover that it's too expensive. Because we don't have enough of either to purchase a ticket into those gates. So it doesn't seem that Jesus is talking about purchasing our our way into heaven here. So what is Jesus talking about when he refers to the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God? Well, the Bible tells us about a kingdom that's also coming to this world. A kingdom that is yet to be realized fully in this world. But it's still here. And what Jesus has in mind surely must be akin to the words of the prophet Isaiah, who wrote about this kingdom to come. And when he wrote, he said, they shall beat their swords into plowshares. And their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Or later on, a few chapters later, he said, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion together, and a little child shall lead them. The prophet was speaking about a time when the kingdom of God, the rule of God, would come to this world. And it will be a time of peace and harmony for everyone. There will be no more need for war or anger. Even the predator and the prey will be at peace with one another. There will come a time when God shall reign in every heart. And this is the kingdom that Christ is calling into being. It is a kingdom of this world 
as well as the world to come. It is the time when we are told that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. For over 45 years, the bells of the churches in Czechoslovakia stood silent. The communist government would not allow any kind of evangelism there, not even the ringing of church bells, only silence, no overt witnessing, only conformity to the communist line. But then something unexpected happened. In 1989, November of 1989, news came from Berlin that the wall that divided that city was being decimated and Soviet oppression was beginning to end. And so there was a pastor in Prague, a Reverend Schneeberger, who began ringing the church bell of his parish. And the joyous sound of church bells began to toll all throughout that city. The first time in 45 years. And then Reverend Schneeberger erected a sign outside of his church, which was the first evangelical message in 45 years. And it's read simply like this. The lamb wins. That was it. The lamb Wins. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? And let me tell you something, folks. One day, a banner like that will fly all over this world. The Lamb wins. Because this is the kind of kingdom that Jesus was proclaiming. There will come a time when God's kingdom will reign in every heart. And there will come a time when all people will live in peace and in harmony together. This is God's plan for God's world. This is God's purpose. And this is where the kingdoms of this world are destined. Now see some of you, the expressions on your face, you're, you're saying... Really? <laughs> Is that possible? And you're thinking to yourself probably the same kinds of things that I'm thinking to myself in a broken world like ours. Is it really possible for this kind of world to exist? Or is it simply a statement of unrealistic idealism? I mean, what about our human freedom? And that's something to consider, because even in the kingdom of God, we human beings are free to sin, aren't we? And that kind of sets God's plan off course, doesn't it? Well, I like the way A.W. Tozer once explained the workings of God. The illustration he uses is he says that there was a great ocean liner that leaves Liverpool, England, bound for New York, and it leaves on schedule and it arrives on schedule. And it does so because the captain and the crew are in charge. Nevertheless, the passengers of the ship, they have a great deal of freedom. They are free to do good or free to do ill, free to move around the deck as they please. But the day is coming when the ship will arrive at its port. And in the same way, God is moving this old world through time and space according to God's own purpose, and the day is coming when we too will reach our destination. 
And that is the kingdom that Jesus is describing. And here's the good news for us today. We don't have to wait for this utopia to emerge. Because God can reign in our hearts right here and right now. Right here, right now. And remember, God's kingdom is wherever God reigns. Once when Jesus was asked when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is already in your midst. God can reign in our hearts today. And even though God's perfect world is not here yet, we can begin to live our lives as if it were. Because it does exist within us. People who travel a great deal often say that they set their watches to their destination time as soon as they get on board an airplane. In other words, they start living in the time zone to which they are traveling, even though they're not there yet. And that's the way it is with the kingdom of heaven. We look forward to that day when God reigns over this entire world. We look forward to God's reign in heaven, but in the meantime... We set the clocks of our hearts to those eternal clocks. And this allows us to have an inner security and well-being. Lyle Arakaki, who lives in Hawaii, explains this kingdom living like this. Because of the time difference between Hawaii and the continental United States, Monday night football games are played in the middle of the afternoon in Hawaii. And so the local TV stations there in Hawaii play the rest of the games until 6.30 in the evening when the greatest, they have the greatest audience available to watch the game. Well, Arakaki says that when his favorite team is playing, he's too excited to wait until 6.30 in the evening and watch it on television. So he will listen to the game live on the radio. And then because it's his favorite team, he'll watch it again that night on the television set. Well, if he knows that his team has won the game, it influences how he watches the game. Because, you see, if his team fumbles the ball or throws an interception, it's not a big problem. He thinks, that's bad, but it's okay. In the end, we'll win. Well, that's how how kingdom living works. We are secure in knowing that in the end, the Lamb wins. And that, my friends, should greatly influence how we approach life here and now. For you see, no matter what happens in our lives, we are never beyond the loving care of God. And that is not to say that any of us will not have a fatal disease, or end up the casualty of an accident. Life happens. But it is to say that we will never be out of God's loving care. And even though we may not be able to see it right here and now, all things are working to the good for those who love God and are called according to God's purpose. 
And we should be working with God to make those good things happen. One more illustration. I read recently about a young woman in South Korea who understands what it means to live in the kingdom of heaven. Her name is So Young Kim. At the age of 16, So was one of South Korea's top gymnasts preparing for the 1988 Summer Olympics in Seoul. But three weeks before a major competition, she was paralyzed while attempting a difficult move on, a, on the uneven parallel bars, and she was left a quadriplegic. Her aunt visited her, visited her in the hospital and left her a note with a Bible verse on it. And the Bible verse was this. For you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. It comes from Malachi 4.2. Reading that, So Young Kim said, I felt flood my soul. For the first time in my life, I sensed that there was a God who, who cared for me and wanted to heal me. And then after that moment, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. There were more hard times for So Young Kim. So Young's boyfriend left her. Her father suddenly died from a heart, heart attack. She struggled with the, her physical limitations, and she wanted God to heal her body, but it didn't happen. So Young says, God healed me in a totally different way, because when I found God's purpose for my disability, it, no, it became no longer a disability, but the gift of understanding those who are in my same situation. So now So Young Kim organizes ski camps for disabled Koreans. She works to provide wheelchairs for disabled people. And she's praying for an open door into North Korea. I don't know how God will use me, she says, but I'm just excited to see God's plan for me. Do you see that, folks? Being in a wheelchair does not block So Young Kim's vision. She's a part of God's eternal plan. And it's a calling that's worth everything that she has and everything that she is. It is the kingdom of God being lived out in her life because she is a part of the universal family enterprise. And that's exciting. What is there in this world? That's worth everything you have in order to obtain it. My friends, if you have not found the kingdom of God, then you have missed the pearl of great price and the treasure in the field. That treasure that's worth selling everything that you have. And it's my prayer. It's my hope that you'll find it today. It is certainly worth the effort. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response. It's number 525. Come we that lo love the Lord. We're going to sing all four verses of this. And there may be someone here today who needs to make that commitment to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're just today 
making that discovery of that great pearl or that treasure in the field, which is the kingdom of God. Maybe it's just just today suddenly dawning on you how valuable this is and you want it. And you want it. Here's the good news, folks. You don't have to go sell everything you have to get it. As I said before, Jesus paid the price and it's there for your taking. Maybe you need to make that commitment to Christ today and to grasp this kingdom, this great kingdom that God offers you. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church today. As we sing together, 525, all four verses, Come we that love the Lord. Would you come? place filled with the joy of having discovered a great treasure, the treasure of God's kingdom. Go from this place fully committed to securing the treasure of God's will in our lives and go in the knowledge that God is always with us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen.